Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This week, a reflection on our favorite topic, Germany. Germany. Kaylee, what's yes. up? Uh, not much. I'm really excited. I got my hair cut for this. I understand that it won't translate well, but... You got your hair cut yeah. for the German yeah. election? Yes. What does the haircut look like? Describe oh, it for just, the listeners. Know, just a nice undercut, a very neat and tidy, clean and ready to dive into all the politics. Just just short on the sides, long on top? Yeah, pretty much. A nice centrist approach. <laughs> yes. Well, I like the middle. I like, you know, just nothing too complicated. Let's just do this. You know, it seemed like for the last decade, Germany and German voters liked the middle too. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, it's different. Something has changed. The winds have blown. Yeah. And all of a sudden, um, what everybody, you know, for the last for the last decade, a little over a decade now, um, mm-hmm. there's just, you know, a lot of more small parties just came into the came into the fray. Yeah. Coming in with over 10% votes with uh, the AFD and the FDP. FDP just surprising as well. I mean, everybody's yeah. talking about the uh, the alternative for Germany far-right party sweeping into third place here. But the FDP also, you know, that's exciting for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are more par- uh, more parties got over that 5%, their 5% threshold, yeah. and they're in. Um, and it, it certainly is interesting. I think you're looking at a CDU that's sort of, which is Merkel's party that's with under her guidance has really moved to like, you know, center and sometimes central, a little, a little taste of the center left. Just, um, just, and I think just, a, kinda, just an appetizer. Yeah, just, a, just a touch, um, and you, I think you kind of see that response, right? There's no, uh, there are Germans who don't identify with that and want to vote towards, you know, right more maybe more Euro skeptic. Uh, less immigrant friendly as we might have noticed in some of the results yeah and i mean rightfully so i think there's a lot of attention being given to the afd coming in and Mm -hmm. getting and having a far-right party so many times i've heard far-right party has seats in the uh, bundestag for the first time Mm -hmm. in you know 60 70 years whatever it is since 1950 um but at the same time it seems like a good healthy time for democracy in Germany yeah I mean I think so what you're looking at is again a party that has been in power for 12 years you know like that's a long time for any one party to to hold the power and there's going to be sort of a shake-up I think it's it is perfectly healthy to start to see uh, new contenders coming in and pushing it back against it that's normal I think also when you look at the AFD there's clear division in what they want. There is a very strong, you know, kind of racist portion of it. But but we saw, like, we, we were talking a bit about this before the podcast, but the the deputy chair or the chairwoman, she just up and left because of a division within the party about the direction that they should head. So there's, you know, there's lots of ideas being thrown out and pushing back on what has been the sort of assumed narrative of Germany for a while. And I think, yeah, once you sort of get like a, a party that assumes it's going to be in power in any country, um, not to say that they assumed it definitely looked like it was going to be a tough election, but that assumption generally has a populace wanting to push back and and challenge that. 
Yeah, I mean, you hear about that all the time, just talking to people when there's an election going on for you in your country or province or city or mm-hmm. state. There, If there's somebody who's just been around for a long time, they just want to change or they just want to, they just want to be contrarian. They just they mm-hmm. want to be upset about something yeah. not to say that think, they're upset for no reason often no. often they are and things for over that amount of time you can't be perfect and things are going to catch up with you but yeah yeah it's it seems like it seems like a good thing for democracy to have uh, to potentially have a change even if even if you are you know a strong merkel supporter and you uh, feel like she's doing she's been doing a, a good job which i think uh, largely internationally people feel that way yeah and I think it's important to remember, like international and 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 at the state level is different. Um, international, the stability she provides is really essential, but she's not in control of the taxes and and that sort of thing um, for us. Um, whereas, yeah, once you get into at the more state level, like there are there are more uh, nitty issues the nitty gritty of governing a country. And I think I mean you saw it in Canada when you know. Harper was out and I think not a small amount of that was time he was there too long Um, and just generally uh, democracies like a a sign of a healthy democracy I think generally is is a switch in leadership after or starting to feel an itch in an itch in the leadership after you know 10 years or so yeah and I mean it it almost makes sense because from what I'm seeing in the aftermath of this Right. Mm -hmm. Is that a lot of the reasons why people like uh, Angela internationally Mm -hmm. are different from the reasons why people dislike her um, in Germany. Right. Yeah. People are people are upset about. I mean, largely what you what is the most vocal thing is about immigration. But there's not a lot of Mm -hmm. people internationally who think, oh, like German integration has been a has been a big problem. Often. I mean, it's been mostly applauded by uh, the international community. If yeah. only because other European uh, countries don't want to take uh, people themselves, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, the narrative behind when Merkel said, we'll make room, or the, basically, like, well, we can take them, I think the narrative is very different from the local level, where you actually have to deal with taking them in, and from the international level, where um, major players are just trying to get somebody, like, trying to get some sort of international system to work for migrants like is something that will solve the crisis yeah exactly um so yeah the narrative is always very different um especially when you're an outsider looking in i think so what do you think then there's a bunch of different potential coalitions being thrown around uh it doesn't seem like anytime soon there's going to be a real (laughs) you know a group of people nailed down who are going to be the leadership but what what would some of the potential coalitions how would those impact immigration so far um i think you're gonna get uh so the most common uh narrative uh for uh coalition at the moment is the the jamaican uh coalition with the fdp and the greens and uh the cdu csu um and i think if that happened it will be very interesting to see if Merkel can make that, if, if they can come to an agreement to make that happen. But um, yeah, the the FDP is going to want control over certain areas. And I think it'll it'll push Merkel to the right a little more. Um, they're going to want, 
they're they're definitely a bit more Eurosceptic, um, and they'll have opinions on that. So I think that definitely could affect Germany's um, position on immigration. But I mean, on the opposite end of that, the Greens, um, the Greens' position on immigration lines up very well with the the one that Merkel had taken over the last uh, couple years. So there would be a, an interesting uh, negotiation or conversation to be had there. I, I, I think you're gonna, they won't see eye to eye and I don't know how you balance that and maintain a stable power. I think it might be, yeah, it might be good for Germany to have, to have, uh, a more, to have a coalition in power that has more conversations, the, uh, but, and has to fight over things a little more to get things done in some ways that's good for your democracy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it seems it always seems strange to me when uh we talk about coalition forming i don't know why mm-hmm. uh maybe just because we don't do it really yeah <laughs> uh, but like to have to say that there's going to be more conversations and that because the the greens the centrist fdp and the center right union uh, mm-hmm. We'll have to talk things through to form this coalition government. It seems <laughs> like the way that you imagine um, government working anyway, but just they just leave out other parties now. <laughs> They're like we're the we're the parties that disagree enough but agree enough that we're gonna be the majority, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna have these other parties who we also don't agree with, but we don't agree with them more. But even but that doesn't that's not even necessarily true that they don't agree yeah. with the other people more because there's there's just like special interests almost that form mm-hmm. these as well. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think yeah, Merkel when she had the when she was with the SDP, like she the the power that she had there to just sort of her options are very open, she just really pushed she could really push things through a bit more. Um, I think isn't in in a sense you like it because you see your government accomplishing things. Yeah. But in the other sense, like you know, there do they have to consult how how much discussion is going into the decisions that are being made to represent everyone in Germany, um, and I think that's not an un that's not a bad thing necessarily. It'll be interesting to see if like every the, most of the news articles seem pretty concerned. Um, that it's going to be a tough negotiation, like she's going to have to take a, um, a fairly long time, probably until the new year, to form her government. And But I don't, I think I think all the parties are going to come out the gate playing hardball, you know, and, and somebody, somebody's going to want to form government. I don't think that's, I don't think it'll ultimately be an issue. Yeah, when you say the, that somebody's going to want to form a government, what, like currently, the grand coalition for the last uh, eight years now the grand coalition between the union and the spd has been uh in power right mm-hmm. so why now would the spd not want to form a coalition it's they get you know the first opposition party role but they mm-hmm. almost lose a seat at the table because yeah. they're no longer part of the official coalition that they're, they're almost surrendering that though you know having that say the FDP and the Greens and not necessarily say that they disagree with how the FDP and the Greens will uh, conduct themselves because they mm-hmm. do align on many issues um, yeah. but why would they why, why do you think they would not want to form that coalition well I just I would suspect um, and just from what I've re- been reading uh, come kind of a conclusion they that 
the SPD felt sort of when they partnered with Merkel's party, they they sort of lost. She sort of ate at some of their support, um, and it under it also undermined them a little bit, uh, being so closely aligned to the essentially like their biggest competitor. Um, I think yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with they lost. They did the worst that they have done in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and they didn't didn't put forth a great campaign to begin with. So they need to form themselves as a party and define who they are. Um, and also, it's very, I suspect for any party, um, it would be hard to be aligned with the CDU. Uh, Merkel is pretty powerful, has been in power for a long time, um, is well-liked internationally. They're, these are things that sort of, being second fiddle, uh, you don't necessarily get the credit, but you might get some of the, the uh, the baggage and the and the flack, you know. That yeah, that makes sense. I guess that in not having, they 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 can regain their antagonist role in that they are. It, it's easier now for them to to disagree. Yeah, definitely. But it, yeah, it might annoy the average German. And I, I'm going to bring it up. And I, I know that we have, I don't think ever uttered these words on this podcast. <laughs> but the antagonist role, I think many politicians like it because, and I, I hesitate to say, the Republicans mm-hmm. for eight years, right, were, were great antagonists. They had a mm-hmm. lot to say about what was wrong without having to offer any, anything that was right. Yeah. So after and now after eight years of the SPD, you know, almost playing second fiddle and having to just Mm -hmm. kind of go along with it. And they have their say, but they also have uh, not so much of a say as they'd want. Mm -hmm. And they can't just criticize and criticize because they also have to be in that constructive role. Uh, Yeah. That that makes sense that they would want to just be able to define themselves rather than always having to compromise. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it's a skill set, right? Like, it's a skill set to be a critic, and it's a skill set to govern. And the CDU has been governing for 12 years. They're very good at governing that role. And um, I think, yeah, there is a real advantage um, to being able to uh, say everything that the... to be the opposition, to be able to say what's wrong and uh, and present yourself as the alternative to that. I think that... I think that the... I think the SPD ran a... A not a great campaign and that and didn't have a very great great leader as their option mm-hmm. um and i think that hurt them a lot like i think the, and being in a coalition they had governing experience like there should have been some room for them to come up but they didn't seem to define themselves enough um which i can understand so i guess you can understand why maybe they want to take the opposition role to define themselves but uh, it's it'll be interesting i think it might um like anger sort of the German population to see if, if this gets dragged out because the SPD won't co- cooperate too much, you know, that sort of thing. You, you kind of play a dangerous game of people being annoyed with you yeah. because you're slowing things down, you know. I also, um, I'm seeing that some people say that the SPD will become the first opposition and not form a grand coalition uh, mm-hmm. to keep the AFD, the Alternative mm-hmm. for Germany party, from being the first opposition. And it's, it's, it's almost in an effort to bring the Greens and the FDP uh, more center stage 
even though they uh, had fewer fewer amount of the vote than uh, the AFD did, but they get a bigger voice, and the SPD maintain a large voice as the first opposition. Meanwhile, shutting out the AFD almost completely from yeah. from from government. Yeah, no, I I didn't read a ton on that. I I would imagine that that could be perceived as the another reason why this might be the best idea. It really could be the best idea. I think there is nothing wrong with the idea of Merkel having uh, the CDU having to work with the uh, the FDP and uh, and the Greens. Um, and then yeah, an op- healthy opposition isn't a bad thing. Um, and yeah, the AFD presents a real problem. I think trying to shut shut them out might also be a bad idea. It could be a bad idea, um, just in that somebody is clearly trying to tell you something when they managed to get enough. The, you managed to get those seats, and and Merkel did sort of say like she's gonna try and connect with those voters again, and 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 reach out, um, it, sort of serving as a, a wake up call. You know, uh, maybe not as I guess it's better than the, the wake up call the the you know like of Brexit or the U.S. <laughs> uh, it's a little more gentle, but uh, I think there needs to be a willingness amongst uh, the parties to address what there's clearly something happening in Germany that and voters aren't feeling like they had a spot to be represented, so they voted this way, like a very specific group of voters, too. I mean the former East German, Russian German segment of the population is really who voted that way. Yeah. And they matter. It's just how you choose to address it, I guess. So going forward then, once this coalition is formed and there's there's a government back in place, uh, how do you think the, the coalition and mainly uh, Angela Merkel should go about um, interacting with uh, this segment of voters should because I mean they will one thing that people were saying was that you know this is I mean this is a huge win for the right for the for the mm-hmm. far right let's not call this the right um, yeah but for the for the very far right this is a huge win because they already get they get TV time now and they get mm-hmm. a budget and they get all these things that are afforded to main, to generally mainstream parties yeah um so is it reasonable then for merkel to engage with them more openly uh or or does that does that risk uh normalizing the message that's already being normalized through this this uh increased exposure um i yeah that's it's hard i don't know exactly i think um i i think that it is reasonable to discuss um, Euroscepticism. It's reasonable to discuss levels of migration and how our immigration system should work and integration um, and, and those the anxieties that are there, those need to be talked about, right? The, I, I think anxieties need to be addressed, but I don't know if you should, as a leader, engage with you know, the far right end of it. Like there, I think it, it might be more about addressing, uh, yeah, the anxieties and the, and the causes that would have driven voters who might have otherwise voted CDU, might have otherwise voted FDP. Like what weren't those parties talking about um, that made, you know, if it, probably fairly average Germans 
uh, choose to vote uh, for the AFD. And I think that's where the solution maybe is. I don't, I think I generally agree with the idea that the parties shouldn't try and form a coalition with the AFD. That doesn't seem like the yeah, right answer. I don't think that's, that's luckily not on the table generally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that it, it's, I think it will be interesting what tactic um, domestically, because internationally it seems that largely things will remain similar to the way they are now. Mm-hmm. But domestically, it seems like that will be where the greatest the greatest shakeup happens with, um, you know, most likely a, uh, a the Greens having a, a larger voice uh, that mm-hmm. really outweighs uh, the seats that they've won. Yeah. So that could be that could be very interesting for uh, peop- for Germans themselves and domestically mm-hmm. looking at that policy. I know that we don't really ever look at uh, domestic policy that much on this show, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that's really where this election, these results, I think that's where that really hits home is is on yeah. the domestic side of it. Yeah, I think uh, I think perhaps Germans got exactly what they wanted in that um, they get to the stability and confidence of Merkel's leadership internationally remains and in Europe remains. So that was pretty important. It would be hard to see Germans wanting something else. But also, uh, she can't just do whatever she wants anymore. Like, whereas before, she she had a lot of room. She, uh, uh, you know, as a leader who had ruled for 10 years and then been relatively popular, she'd had a lot of sway to just kind of put through what she wanted to put through. She didn't have to worry as much about, you know, the worries of the average voter who's concerned about, about immigration, who's concerned about jobs and the economy. Those, those anxieties that she perhaps didn't want to get in her way of accomplishing something bigger, she now has to actually address. It does seem like a bonus or a plus uh, from, this type of, from this type of government formation that mm-hmm. you can almost maintain the status quo with some reinvigoration without yeah. requiring a leadership change or anything mm-hmm. drastic, but you can almost retool on the fly by yeah. adding and subtracting these uh, minor parties and they, they get a large voice and it, it allows for it allows for quite large shifts. And, mm-hmm. and as we're seeing here, most likely larger shifts uh, in Germany where people were seemingly upset with the way things were going but mm-hmm. internationally things can maintain uh you know they can the, the ship can stay on course yeah especially like i mean germany is increasingly the world power of the west sort of uh, she's she's sort of steering a ship in sort of rocky seas <laughs> so i think that internationally there's a bit of a sigh of relief uh about this um and hopefully it proves to be uh, correct, I guess. I don't know. Well, we can definitely uh, come back and look maybe in a in a month, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, once all the coalition dust has settled. Uh, yeah. And we can see uh, what kind of policy has come out of it, domestic policy, and maybe mm-hmm. zoom in on one or two one or two segments of, of the policy and kind of deconstruct that. Also, going forward, we can talk about uh, Japan, exciting election coming up now. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, their Prime Minister Abe has yeah. uh, called today after, that was a nice uh, after an surprise. interesting summer in Japan. Yeah. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how this goes. 
just the the international fears over uh, the interactions between North Korea's missiles and the airspace above Japan. Oh yeah. So we have an interesting uh, uh, end of September and October coming up, and definitely yeah. look forward to those. Uh, Did we see that? Um, I'm still not wrong about New Zealand. You're still not wrong about New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? Well, the leaders are they're fighting over another coalition situation. They came up with a not a, a tie, but they no neither can govern, so they have to find a partner. Ah. So I'm not and, wrong and yet about my predictions. You did predict a change in government. Yes. Well, as always, let's hope that uh, our predi- we didn't even make a prediction. Not this time because we, we can't make a reflective. prediction on a reflection. Yeah. Well, then it just seems like uh, we're just right then. Yeah. Well, you know, probably. As always, uh, our predictions <laughs> carry as much weight this week as they normally do. we will uh see you guys back in a week or two with another international election thanks for listening to probably about politics